0: Log Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. Golf Talk Live is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. Here's Andrew to tell you more about our sponsors Sit back, relax, and listen to tonight's show. Let's join our host, Ted Odorico, as he introduces tonight's special guest. All right. Uh, actually, good
1: afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. Uh, of course, I'm Ted Odorico, your humble host. And, um, but it's actually evening for my special guest tonight, and I'll explain to you in just a moment. Uh, this is a special encore presentation of the show. Normally, my program airs live uh, 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, on this network on Thursday evenings but uh, this particular guest is uh, is calling in actually from uh, the UK and uh, we decided to put together a special presentation just for him. I'm going to introduce you in just a moment but I just want to remind everybody again uh, the show typically airs live 6 to 8 p.m. Central on the blogtalkradio.com network. Uh, you can go there and listen live now uh, of course to this presentation and then of course the shows are auto-recorded so you can go at any time when it's convenient for you and check out the on-demand section. And actually this program, uh, once it's completed, will be put into that archive and you can go. So if you come part way in or you're not able to tune in at this particular time, uh, you can just go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live and just scroll down to the on-demand section and uh, you'll see it there front and center. And any of the other shows that maybe uh, you haven't missed uh, or haven't been able to hear along the way, you can check them out there as well. All right, my very special guest this, uh, this afternoon here and evening there is Ben Sharp. Uh, he's the current president of Top Tracer and Top Tracer Range. Uh, he is, uh, leads the expansion strategy for Top Tracer Range to create a high-tech, engaging player experiences at driving ranges worldwide. Uh, prior uh, to that, he was uh, joining. Uh, prior to joining, excuse me, the Top Golf Entertainment Group, family of brands. Uh, he spent nine years at TaylorMade, Adidas Golf, uh, starting as the vice president of the Europe, Middle East, Africa, Pacific region. Uh, during the time, he increased the business from uh, 100 million to over 250 million in just six years. Making the region uh, the best-performing one in the group. In 2012, he became global president of Adidas Golf, uh, delivering a, again a record year in terms of sales and profit. And then became their CEO in 2014 and started the turnaround strategy, bringing in a new executive team before returning home to the UK in 2015. So, please welcome my very special guest, Ben Sharp. How you doing, Ben?
2: I'm doing great, Ted. Nice to be here. And uh, yes,
1: happy evening to you from the UK. (laughs) That's right. It's uh, just a little after, a few minutes after 7 p.m. UK time. And of course, it's one in the afternoon central time here. So that's why I said a little bit of a play on on, uh, day and and night uh, on the program. So we've got a little bit of both. But um, I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I think what we're going to do first, Ben, is to just give everybody a little bit more about the uh, idea of your background as far as golf in general. So um, give us an idea of what drew you to the game itself. When did that happen? Uh, and did you play a lot growing up or was this something that you took on a little bit later on in life?
2: Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a really good question and I haven't really thought about it for, for well, for probably ever really, but I think, I'm, a, I'm just a huge sports fan, and um, when I was growing up, we lived out in the countryside, and um, you know we we had a big garden, which we were allowed to play all sorts of sports, um, and and sort of and watch our heroes on TV. And there weren't many TV channels, and, and golf was one of those that was was uh, was shown. Um, and I remember when I was probably eight or nine, um, my dad came back with a cut down um 8 iron it was an Arnold Palmer 8 iron and we had about 70 80 yards of garden and I used to put a log um, at either end and a bunch of balls that I found on a local golf course and just see if I could chip um and I spent hours just chipping up and down with that 8 iron um and and that was really sort of my golf enjoyment for 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 a while and then um you know again just sort of growing up um I think that the the thing that really attracted me to the game was was Serbi Balasteros. I think probably most Europeans mm-hmm. would say that and I think uh, we all loved the way he took the fight we loved his cavalier attitude just his magnetic personality and uh, and then right. from that you know where we could go and play we went to play but but um, the opportunities were, were very few and far between we had a, a municipal um, pitch and putt course which we could get on and, and Pay a couple of pounds to play, but private members' clubs were were quite exclusive back then, and um, none of my family were members, and and so really being able to play and get to a level um, was very difficult, and 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 I think it it's, it's still relevant today in in many parts, which is why I'm super excited about the area area I'm in, and really I think the only the time I really took golf seriously and played a lot more was when I got into the golf industry in, in 2001 and ran a business called Lyle and Scott, which is an apparel company and and felt the need, the need to play and understand the game. I think it wasn't so much about trying to be the best I could, but from work perspective to really understand the industry and understand sort of the essence of the game, the ethics of the game, um, and what, and what it's all about. So I could speak, um, hopefully eventually with authority with the people that I'm working with and partnering with who are, you know, essentially golf professionals. And, uh, and then through the sort of first couple of years, I was fortunate to, um, to shadow a guy called John Hales who had a storied life, um, in the golf industry. And he introduced me to lots of different people who are our friends today. And, um, I think the values that golf holds up is something that's very consistent with mine. And, I feel I found a home, and then from that, you know, did a number of other things, as you've mentioned, in the, in the golf industry. But, uh, but no, I think listening to your – just thinking about your question, it was a slow start based on just the, the accessibility of the sport.
1: Do you think uh, – and let me just uh, – on a side note uh, concerning Seve, um, I can assure you he was very well respected here in the U.S. as well. Uh, um, of course not around Ryder Cup time though because uh he certainly uh led the charge many uh many times uh against team USA so i know that at that particular time they weren't big fans of his but other than that no i'm just kidding uh he he was definitely uh a great uh i consider him to be an ambassador of the game uh just had a you know a passion like no other for this uh for this sport and, uh, you know, it's it's a shame, you know, we really miss him in the golf industry because he did bring a lot of passion right. and he really, you know, had a way of, of getting the guys, uh, you know, his mates on the team, if you will, uh, really fired up. Um, again, it, you know, even when things weren't in some some cases weren't maybe going Europe's way, uh, he would manage to turn it around somehow, some way. I don't know what he did, but. Um, if we could bottle it, we'd all be uh, you know, multimillionaires, but uh, it just brought so much to the game. So I can understand why he would be uh, somebody that you would uh, certainly look up to. Let me just sort of a follow up question on, on the playing part of it. Do you think if, if the accessibility had have been there, let's say for you and maybe others a little bit easier during your time growing up, is it something that you would have maybe pursued with a little bit more passion actually playing, maybe even considering playing professional?
2: Well, I, I think certainly would have played more. I, you know, I remember, you know, I think uh, I was about fourteen, fifteen. A friend of mine um, joined a, a really nice club called Whittington Heath. It's a lovely uh, British uh, heathland course. And and uh, and in school holidays, we used to just spend as much time at the golf course as, as we could. But I could only go there if I was signed in. But what a safe place it is for young kids to play. Um, you mm-hmm. get to learn a lot about how to behave and, and, and uh, you know, the protocols of the game. And, uh, and right. just two kids and two pals traipsing around playing 36 for seven, eight hours was just great fun. But the access mm-hmm. was, was limited to, to me back then. And so, you know, I, I pursued a different sport um, and then sort of came back to golf a lot later. But, yes, I think if it was, and, and um, you know, we'll – potentially come on to it later but through top golf um and top tracer we're seeing you know we're opening up this game to so many more people and um and we've had some amazing success stories from people who've never played now who have now you know, turned professional and um and that's what it's that's why i'm so excited in what i'm doing right now with a company who i think uh, can do so much more
1: yeah, I couldn't agree. Uh, just a couple of side notes I want to mention for the audience benefit. Uh, ben, of course, my very special guest uh, from the UK, is uh, and you talked a little bit about this off air, that uh, you were an athlete growing up. In fact, you were a former British Olympian in field hockey and uh, obviously an avid golfer uh, with a, a current handicap of four. Uh, but you also love to cheer on the Aston Villa Football Club. And uh, I also understand you're a lover of bad jokes, we're going to get you to share one maybe if you can think of one that's clean, of course. We've got to remember we're live. Oh, uh, Maybe towards the, end yeah. of, <laughs> towards the end of the broadcast. But, uh, you know, so obviously you had an athleticism in your background. And, um, you know, I find for, for people that are very, you know, sports-minded, athletic, uh, you can pretty much transition from one sport to another. If you're, you know, if you're good at, uh, you know, obviously in football, in your case, we're talking about soccer uh, over here. Um, but you know, usually if you have that athleticism, it's pretty easy to carry it over into other sports. So, uh, it's understandable why you were able to get to a four handicap, um, I'm sure quite easily, uh, compared to others. I want to talk to you, um, before we get into our discussion about top tracer, I want to talk about 2020, um, because I think there's a lot to, to kind of unpack here. And obviously I'm referring to the pandemic was very, very difficult, uh, for so many uh, people around the globe uh, even to this day there's still some some concerns uh, in, in various parts even here in the United States uh, but the one sort of rising star if, if you can even describe it as such uh, is the golf industry um, you know participation was was up substantially in 2020 over previous years um, and and it was really uh, I guess no pun intended a shot in the arm for the golf industry and You know we recognize the tragedies that that have happened, but at the same time we recognize that this has created an opportunity for our industry. And just to read a couple of stats out here, and then I want to get your thoughts uh, on this because there there there's some specific things I want to address. You know, rounds in the U.S. as an example um, increased by 13 percent. Overall, global facilities reported an increase of 81 percent, and golf equipment sales went up. In, in excess of thirty percent that's a big uh, increase. What are your thoughts there, and wh- I mean obviously people were cooped up and wanted to get out. Why do you think golf drew a lot of people? Was it because it was really one of the only sports or activities that we could do um, during this time, or were there some other factors do you think
2: yeah I think there's <clears throat> there's many things um, that ultimately culminated in a, in a perfect storm, but let's not forget um, the months of April and May last year when courses were closed and mm-hmm. the industry was incredibly concerned about what was going to happen. PGA Tour was not playing. Tours around the world were not playing. Golf facilities right. that have battled for a number of years were, were having no income. Um, membership or wondering what you know what discounts are you going to give me, which was going to sort of take away and and manufacturers were not selling equipment because nobody everybody was locked down, so you know let 's not forget that it was a pretty desperate time for you know two or three months, and the rebound really right. happened sort the may june and and saw those incredible numbers that you've you've mentioned and so but there are two things to that: yes, you can talk about um, It's allowed people to get out. Other things were closed. Um, You know, people still couldn't go indoors. And so they were desperate to try and find some type of recreation and golf um, sort of fit the bill. Um, Mm -hmm. I think you can also talk to the fact that golf's been in decline for a number of years prior to the pandemic. For 20 years of me in the industry, we've been talking about how how do we grow this game? So um, those numbers are... I'm not sure. Still, with those numbers that we're getting back to where we were, maybe 30 years ago, in terms of participation, in terms of health of the sport. And um, but uh, but it's it's great that we we're, we're now here. And it's not just golfers coming back to play; it's new people playing because mm-hmm. it's an opportunity to try something new. And the other thing as well is it's amazing. It's like the old fable: if you you know if the world if you smile, the world smiles with you for so yep. long we've been talking about what's wrong with golf that you know it's exclusive that um that it takes too much time it takes too much money but golf's in decline every year in the news golf's in decline and when he starts saying mm-hmm. things are doing really well it's kind of like that sort of subliminal magnet that people say well if it's doing really well maybe i should try it or maybe i should get involved in it and so we maybe talked ourselves down as an industry too much when we've actually got something right. that people really enjoy. Um, and, and the final thing to that is, over the last few years, um, we have really have innovated in, in what is golf. And, um, you know, we mm-hmm. can come on to that in terms of talking about the company, but golf now doesn't have to be 18 holes in a golf right. course with flags. It can be on a range. It can be in a simulator. It can actually be on a video game. And there's many different ways in which you can engage with it and start to make it part of your life rather than just um, just a, a thing you do. And so I think there's, there's a wider scope for people to come into this sport. And there's a lot more options we can to try and keep people in the sport. But hopefully, well, we need to learn that lesson, right? We need to learn a lesson that it was yep. broken until the pandemic. And unless we change, then those, those trends are likely to, to go again.
1: You, you raise a, a really interesting point ben because you're exactly right i've been in the golf industry for 25 plus years i've taught golf and i'm in it now uh, in other areas as well and one of the things that i, I think there's a couple of factors that i've noticed um and, and no particular order but one of the the issues that has been going on for for many decades is the handicap system uh, handicaps have barely budged um, when you look at the masses for years. I mean, well over 50% of all golfers, and I'm, I'm just talking about U.S. here. I'm not talking worldwide, but I'm sure it's very similar. But here in the U.S. as an example, 50% uh, percent or more are not even breaking 100. Um, so, you know, when you're driving the industry... In such a way and you're focusing on let's get more distance let's do this let's sell more clubs and and things like that that's great but if people are not seeing improvement they're going to start dropping off and it's too hard and I think one of the things too that I've also noticed um, and, and I want to get your thoughts on this, this is not really a criticism per se but just an observation when I think of it as a consumer, I'm going to take myself out of this as from a, a golf professional standpoint. I'm going to just look as a, a, a straight line consumer. When I look on television and I see what golf represents, I see it at the professional level, the LPGA, the PJ, yeah. the uh, you know various tours around the world. It's a very high caliber sport, uh, yeah. very high level. I don't see you know, Joe down the street playing golf if I'm not introduced to golf. So my exposure through media and through, you know, other social networks is what I see at the professional level. So it sends a message to me that, hey, whoa, I, you know, I'm never going to get to that level. So what's the point? Do you think that that's been part of the problem is, is the messaging that's out there is, has been tour driven, which I understand why they do it. But maybe it's also for people that were not already involved in golf. Uh, and I don't mean just professionals but but people that played golf for many decades that know and understand that there's other aspects to it but new people that say like the millennials and and the generation z if you will newcomers to the game that their exposure to golf has been at an elite level so it's unattainable for them i want to get your thoughts on that
2: yeah I, i think i'll give you two stories which i think you know back up what you you say so lots of lots of people's behaviors are based on perceptions and what they can and they can't do or what they're allowed or not Mm -hmm. allowed to do and yes you know when you watch golf on TV you see the best players in the world and they are fantastic Mm -hmm. and it's great theater but lots of people will look at it saying well I tried that the other day and there's no way I could go and do it now tell you a story about my dad who he also played you know a different sport at a high level and Mm -hmm. he's He's a bit of a, a perfectionist, and when he retired, he, I said, you wish should really start to get more into your golf, and he says, well, I'm I'm not good enough to do that, so I'll I'll find that, you know, I, there's lots of people. I'm not sure I'll be able to fit into a club, and so I took him down to a driving range. It was actually at the Belfry, and um, mm-hmm. and he, he got the balls and he was just about to hit them, and and uh, it was a little bit like, you know. Maybe it should be the other way around, but I said, before you hit some balls, come and walk with me. And I walked him up and down the back of the driving range, and he saw a few swings. And I said, well, what did you see? He said, there's a lot of bad golfers out there, aren't they? And I said, no, that's just what everybody's like. And so don't um, don't feel fear that you won't be able to fit in or you won't learn. And, um, and then from that, he started to hit some balls and, you know, he was a member of Little Aston, which is a lovely club in the Midlands. And He plays four times a week now and loves it. But it had, he had to overcome his fear of feeling that everybody's better than him and that he would stick out like a sore thumb. And that's a perception that probably came from TV or probably came from, you know, some of the protocol you saw in, in some of these clubs. The other story is um, one of my best friends when I was living in uh, San Diego was a guy called Andy Laps, and his he played golf with his wife once, once a week, and, um, and she was an absolute beginner. And she was a very mm-hmm. creative lady. And, and she, um, instead of writing her score on her scorecard, she wrote an emoji, whether she enjoyed the hole or not. And so rather than being <laughs> judged by a number, she got judged by the number right. of smiley faces versus the number of frowny faces. And I think when you start <laughs> to think about it, that's breaking down barriers, breaking down perceptions. And actually, it's what we're all about, is allowing golfers to play golf on their terms. Because there's so many barriers to entry. Is it hard? Is there time? Is there cost? And the protocol? And what we're about is we're about taking those barriers down. So, you know, the really only barrier is the golfer. And if you can allow Mm -hmm. the golfer to play it on their terms, then I think you start to win that battle. And then that's where I think this growth that we've seen through the pandemic become sustainable growth and protectable growth and a protectable audience. And um, and that's why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very bullish if we continue to innovate as an industry, that not only can we keep these new people in the sport, but we can grow them and we can be a growth story for the next 10 years.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and again, um, a couple of things I want to touch on, but I think part of the, the obstacle that we're faced with now is how do we move forward? You know, the younger generations coming in are very technology-driven, uh, and obviously companies like Top Tracer and, and obviously others out there as well uh, are, are leaning that way, which is, which is great. Um, but we've got, you know, 25-plus million golfers here in the United States, many whom have, some have been exposed to various different technologies, um, but are more traditional golfers and are not as apt to do that. How do we find a balance between what's good as far as technology, how we use it appropriately um, so that we don't overwhelm golfers? Now, again, our younger golfers coming in, new people coming to the game are, are again, more tech savvy uh, and probably have an easier time adapting. Um, but do we run the risk if we try to overwhelm the golf community with too much technology all at once or in a way that's, that's hard to grasp? Do we run the risk of turning people off and then you mentioned about time. Um, this is something, you know, traditional golf, as you pointed out, you know, we play 18 holes and sometimes, you know, 36 if we're young enough and can get out there uh, around twice. But, you know, a, a lot of the younger generation, they don't want to spend four to six hours out in a golf course. So they want something else. They want to be, inter- you know, they're interested in the game, but they maybe don't want to play at this point traditional golf because they don't have time. So let's address those two, if you wouldn't mind, and then we're going to get into Top Tracer. Um, what about the technology? What are your thoughts there? How do we handle that? And then what do we do in such a way to help them, uh, these, this new group of people coming in, when it comes to time? Because that's something that's important to them.
2: Yeah. Well, I, I think whether, you know, whether people like it or they don't like it, we're in the technological age. And I think if you – everybody, or oh, 99% of people now walk around with a piece of technology in their pocket with their cell phone. And so people have embraced technology for a function in their lives and multiple functions. So why and other um, pursuits and leisure activities and and, um, sort of uh, things we do in our lives have embraced technology as well, whether it's ordering a pizza, whether it's, um, you know, getting a car. And so... You know as a as a sport, we need to embrace it, but we also need to embrace it in an authentic way or relative or or relevant to the person that um, that we're trying to target now in the past, golf has been you know a relatively sort of narrow uh, pursuit that you could play it on a course and and that was it and then through technology, whether that be top golf or whether that be you know apps or or video games, there's a number of different ways in which you can slice and dice it, so if you want to spend six hours in it you can if you want to spend six minutes in it, you can, and that's then giving people the opportunity to to do it in on their terms in their time, whatever time they have but if you if you really limit it to you know two, three, four hours, you're really limiting the the window and and the opportunity of people coming into into your game so I think what technology does is it gives a lot more options and and I think technology is, is only going to grow um our game and, and grow in our industry more um to help us um to help us you know achieve what we want to achieve um, mm-hmm. that was the, the what was the other part of the question that was the, you
1: know, the uh, technology the, and the time
2: uh, element just it, timing. It kind of yeah, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. and so I you know, yeah, touched ahead. on the, on on that that as well a little bit that um you know again, it depends on on what you define as golf, and I think through new forms through new technologies golf can be many things in 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 many ways, and you can get to playing a very storied course in a very slow four ball and take five and a half hours, or you can go to a driving range and hit thirty balls and be out in ten minutes or fifteen minutes and so um so I think we're trying to break down that time barrier so people can enjoy it when they have the time. Um, because, Mm -hmm. you know, arguably as a society, we have a little bit more money than previous generation, but we probably have a lot less time. So the, the game needs to understand that and evolve through that. So we don't lose those 18 to 40 year olds who are getting a first job, having a family, Moving their way through and then get them back when they 're forty five fifty and they 've got a bit more time and that 's really when you look at where golf has lost people it 's lost it in when they you know leave college to when they're mm-hmm. you know probably kids that are about to to leave for college and and we that 's where we want to keep them
1: yeah i couldn't agree more and and I think obviously, and you know that 's uh, another discussion for another time there's a lot of programs that you know could be better introduced, certainly over here in the United States. I mean we have lots of great junior programs, but they 're all kind of you know what I call feeders uh, feeders into the tour life, if you will or' a more highly competitive golf and for the average you know consumer out there that maybe doesn 't have aspirations of playing you know collegiate or 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 beyond um, there 's not really a lot of opportunities for them right now uh, at at a at a more grassroots level, so i'd like to see that happen. And and again, we'll have that uh, as a discussion for another time. All right. I said we were going to move on to Top Tracer. So tell us a little bit about, I mean, for those that are are around the golf industry that have watched a lot of golf, uh, understand what it is. But for those that out there that maybe are new to the game that might be listening into the show, just give us a sort of a general overview of what Top Tracer is.
2: Okay. So Ted, this is why I get really excited because I love what (laughs) we do and what we stand for. So If I may indulge, so uh, Top Tracer was founded um, in Sweden. It was called Pro Tracer. It was founded by a guy called Daniel Forsgren, who's now a great friend of mine, who was watching TV and said, I can't see that white ball in the white clouds. And so I'm an engineer. I must find a solution to that problem. And so then he Mm. worked through his sort of knowledge of video games. He was able to find a way of using um, different sensors on a camera to get the data to then um, see the ball and then to map that on on the broadcast and that's where you know top pro tracer was the original ball tracing technology for golf on tv and the company Mm. started 2006 and the first traces in 2007 2008 spanish open and Solheim cup and now i think if you watch tv and you don't see the trace i think i think you feel a short change it's like the first and ten on NFL. Right. And so um so that would that's that's a place where we would say that Top Tracer, Pro Tracer has changed the game of golf for the first time. And then through using that technology and, and really understanding it, if, you know, he thought, well what else can we do? And we can use this technology to help people play the game um, and in, and be inspired out playing the game in a different way. So use Top Tracer technology install the cameras systems on driving ranges put screens in bays and so people can see where they hit the ball and so you're not like me where you used to go down hit the first 20 balls like you normally would and then get a little bit bored and try and slice it and cut it and run up to it and do all those sort of things but you can actually really concentrate on what you're doing have fun play some games and um and roll it out and so the first range was installed in uh 2012 um and uh, and was developed and honestly if you ask the team we made all the mistakes we've, we used ipads we've used all different things and we've now got to a really robust situation but again we were the first to bring out that type of tracing technology for the driving range um then in 2016 the business was bought by Topgolf golf and Topgolf golf was obviously mm-hmm. you know is the world's largest driving range operator um Mm-hmm. And, you know, is over 20 years old now and was the first to bring technology to driving ranges through the RFI chips in, in the ball. And it brought Top Tracer to, to be a complement to that technology in our venues. And now, as we've started to grow, not only do we have our, our venues with Top Tracer, we, uh, we, we are now uh, partnering with uh, our Network broadcasters around the world deliver 250 TV broadcasts with Top Tracer to help golf fans enjoy the sport. Um, but we're now in rapid growth mode um, on rolling out Top Tracer range around the world. And I think we're now around about 450 locations around the world. And um, I think we'll double our footprint again this year. So that's Top Tracer's technology. And, um, yeah, it's just great to be part of.
1: Yeah, it's a very interesting and, and just very quickly for those again that are a little bit uh, newer to the game that aren't a hundred percent sure what we're talking about. Um, if you've watched on, as you pointed out on, on uh, the PGA Tour or, or, or whatnot, um, if you watch it and you see one of the players on the tee and they're hitting their shot, you'll see you'll actually be able to see the ball flight. Uh, a lot of times they'll use a blue or a yellow or sorry blue or a red line. Uh, to outline the, the direction of the ball. So that's essentially what we're talking about. It gives you the ability to see the ball flight. Uh, and it's very, very interesting because you're right. A lot of times, you know, with with um, the way the cameras were, um, especially behind the player, you know, once they hit it and it comes a few feet off the tee, um, you know, the ball's gone until the other camera out, you know, further along the, the fairway picks it up in flight. Um, do you know where it's going? And you often hear the announcer saying, "Well, it's you know he's going left or he's going right or what have you." And you don't really see it until it it sort of lands. So this kind of gives you a better perspective, uh, and, it, and certainly has made the, the the game very interesting to watch, uh, to see some of the shots uh, because it's very telling too. A lot of times when you see uh, you know some of the better players hitting a fade, it looks like it's starting out right and then it kind of comes up and and uh, you know curves around a little bit more. Or you see them hitting a draw or what have you, and you actually get to see just how much. Uh, English, no pun intended. Uh, they're putting on the golf ball these days, so it's very, very interesting um, what they're doing. Well, I, th-
0: I, think that, and you,
2: I, I think that's right. I mean, you go ahead. You know, I, I think you know, fans of golf are desperate to engage with a sport that's meaningful for them. And and like we were talking earlier about, you know, is the is the game of golf intimidating when you watch the, the, the best players? I think what this does is it allows you to appreciate what they do a lot more. And and it gives right. the the commentators and uh, you know a lot more information to tell the story because we in the past we heard oh it's, you know wind's coming in off the left or you know he he needs to, to play a you know a low cut and 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 this sort of helps give them the visuals to help them tell the story so we as golf fans can appreciate that more um, so so yeah and I think then from that you know how many times you see commercials saying "as seen on TV so when people see something on TV you know we now give them an opportunity to do that themselves so they can see how they're playing and they get a lot more engaged and and really it's just about more we want more people to watch more golf on TV and we want more people to hit more golf balls more often and we we believe that top tracer is a technology that really enables that
1: well it, it definitely as you said it makes the game that much more interesting uh it gives a whole different perspective because you you now you get to visually see what's going on uh you know with the with the golf ball that you didn't see before and i want to go to uh, sort of the everyday golfers experience you know with with top tracer range giving them the ability to to see that does the technology and i'm asking you uh just to clarify this Um, So if if I was at one of the bays and I'm hitting, you know, let's say a couple of dozen golf balls and I'm seeing the flight for each shot, does it record or does it have the ability to record all of the shots? And I have a follow up question. There's a reason I'm asking this. So if I hit, say, a dozen shots uh, individually, it's going to trace out uh, the individual shots. But does it also record it for playback so I can see each of the shots?
2: Uh, so, yeah, so the answer to that is yes. So in, in the game mode itself, in certain games, for example, what's in my bag is, is a, the ultimate practice tool, and you'll hit a number of shots, and, and it will record, you know, the last, you know, six or seven shots, and you can see that, and then, then they'll start to fall off. But really the, the the way in which we enable that is through the Top Tracer range app. We encourage if you play Top Tracer range, you download the app, you then very easy to download and register. You scan a QR code, and then every shot that mm-hmm. you hit in our practice modes gets downloaded to your phone, so you can see how you trend. And, um, and mm-hmm. that's either for self-help, or you can, you know, mm-hmm. show it to a coach, and you can show where you're hitting it. And through that, you know, you can you can you can improve the game. Because again, talking about barriers to the game, one of the barriers to golf is it's hard. And if and if you yes. find something is hard and you're not having fun, so if we can help people get better, we can help people have more fun, and they'll come back and, and play. So so by recording those shots and by by then you know helping them through through content that we'll put through our social challenges, uh, social media um, world, we can we can you know use that data, understand that data, and help people be better. You know the 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 sheer mm scale of shots and number of shots that we're tracing every month now gives us an incredible amount of data to see how the everyday player plays, and then we can, we can use that to, you know, to help people improve.
1: Well, I think you, you obviously foresaw where I was going with that question because you, you, you answered some of it. Um, the reason why I asked that specifically was I see this as a very valuable tool for coaches – uh, and for teaching professionals alike uh, working with their students. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're working on the practice team you're hitting shots, certainly you can see the ball, but you don't really get to see um, sometimes it's happening so fast and we don't want the students, you know, lifting their head up and looking where everything's going. This gives an idea, again, the student can be working on their own. Uh, those shots can be recorded. They can then send it to their coach and say, here's my practice session on my own today. Here's what some of the shots look like. Yeah. And then also they can do it during so it becomes a very valuable tool for the teacher professional as well, right?
2: Well, exactly right. So so you know, you can store your information, you can send it on. You know, on, on our GRASS T solution you can actually video your swing and see your tracing and your stats in one place. So not only are you seeing your numbers but you're seeing the action, which is which is everything a coach wants to, to really sort of understand you know, how how they can solve some of the fixes or how they can improve their swing. But also from a group perspective, you've got top tracer mm-hmm. on on a range. If you're a golf coach, really to give somebody um, some feedback, at the moment you just need to stand behind one person, see them hit three or four balls and then give them some advice and then you stand behind the next person. The challenge right. with that is twofold. One is you can't see everybody hitting all at the same time. And secondly the mm-hmm. golfer often performs differently when they're being watched to when they're not being watched. And so you're going to get some, some discrepancies there as well. If you've got technology on your range, then everybody is showing the data so you can get down to the eighth person and they've got 20 shots that they can show you what they've hit with what club. And from that, you've got a lot more information to then give them a lot more meaningful coaching for their game. So it opens up these group lessons, and a lot more uh, data and insights to help coaches with their students
1: yeah I, I mean you know this is where technology really shines and can help the professionals out because this is something you know we're always looking as a teacher pro- professional we're always looking for that edge to to be able to help our students uh, again you know spending eight ten hours a day out in the practice tee or out in the golf course you know with students gets a little bit old after a while and it gets difficult um, you know, just one after another and not really being able to do some of the things that we would like to do because we're spending that much time. So this technology can can actually help us organize as, as a teacher professional um, our sessions with various students and get more data and more information literally at our fingertips at a faster pace so that instead of spending, you know, an hour out there um, you know, having them hit a, you know, 50 dozen balls and, and their you know, hands are sweaty and they're tired and they're frustrated, we can kind of condense those lessons down into a shorter lesson and get more information using something like Top Tracer and its various products um, to be able to accomplish the same thing that might have taken us a much longer period of time. Is that something that you see is going to happen and is happening right now with Top Tracer?
2: Well, well, and that's right, and that's really what we are about. You know, we, through technology, and this is one example through coaching, is about how we retain people into our sport, and we retain them by making it fun to hit more golf balls, whether it be more fun through the games they play, more fun about how they can improve, more fun about how they can engage with groups and their coaches, Um, and, and capturing that now so... You know, this boom that we've spoken about, this sort of pandemic boom has brought more people into the game through technology. I believe that we can keep these people in by by sort of, you know, by immersing them in, in the sport and, and making, making it, you know, a lot more part of their lives. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, through that, maybe I'm biased. Well, of course I'm biased, but I, I, I say this from 20 <laughs> years of experience in the golf industry that I just... I think that this Top Tracer Range Technology is the single biggest grow the game initiative we have in our sport because we're able to Mm -hmm. touch more people. Um, We're able to, you know, the, the, the information that we're getting from our range owners is showing that people are coming back more often. They're hitting more golf balls and they're seeing a much more diverse type of people coming through their facilities for the first time. Now, some of that might be pandemic. And when you speak to them and you go onto social media and you see the reaction, you see that we've struck a chord. And from a right. golf industry veteran, I think I'm called now, that's the exciting thing. That's <laughs> the thing that I think we've got lightning in a bottle that can really take, us, take a movement on. And, and we're just scratching the surface. You know, there are tens of thousands of facilities out there in the world. And in time, all of those are going to have technology. And the, the, earlier, they ad- the earlier they adopt the healthier they will be and the more future-proof they'll
1: be. You know, and, and I agree 100%. You know, we, we've we talked about um, – we touched a little bit earlier on this uh, in our discussion, but, you know, we've talked about grow the game. We hear this term thrown around a lot. And the truth of the matter is the industry has certainly throughout its its history has had some moments where it actually has grown the game. But there has also been a lot where – it's gone the opposite ways as, as you mentioned earlier and i think the key is 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 we want to get the next generation interested in the game um, but they may not be at the same level as some of our purists you know we get some of our older golfers or more senior golfers who have played what we would classify as their traditional game and that's the way they like it and that's fine um, they're not as apt they're not as interested in the technology side of things um, some are, but a lot maybe aren't because, it's, again, it's, not, it's more challenging for them. And, you know, they're happy with the status quo. Um, and I think, unfortunately, over the, the years, the industry has kind of catered specifically to that demographic um, in order to appease yeah. because they were the biggest group, right? Now you have a new generation coming in, and it's not that they're not interested in golf in some level – but you hit uh, you. You said a word earlier, a three-letter word. Believe it or not, that a lot of people are looking for, and that is they want it to be fun, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And well,
0: so, is it? Go ahead. Yeah,
2: yeah I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. I think um, you know we recently just had some information from the NGF on participation, and I think it's it's very eye-opening, and and certainly great that you're sitting in my seat, but I think it's great for the industry. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: in, the last, in the last year, 12.6 million um, people in the U.S. only played golf on, on a golf course. And the average age of those people was 50, and 29% of those people were female. 12.2 right. million played golf on and off the course. And the average number of those people were the average age of those people were um, was forty two, and twenty one percent of those people were female. But twelve point mm-hmm. one people only played golf off course, and the average age of those people were thirty one, and forty five percent of those people were female. Talks a lot mm-hmm. to how top golf right. is growing, but it also talks mm-hmm. to range technology, top tracer range in breaking down some of the sort of perceptional barriers to bring people into a sport. Now, as a golf industry person, we've spoken about growing the game for long people. How do we get younger people in? How do we get more diverse people in? How do we grow the game with women? Well, the numbers there suggest that off-course golf is the vehicle or a vehicle, a big vehicle to help that happen. It's not competing with The members clubs but it's acting as a nursery slope into our sport and golf is an aspirational journey and if you give people opportunities to go in different ways depending on their aspiration then that can only be good for our sport and our game so i thought that was really really interesting and validates a lot of what i do and then if you go to you know one of the largest or the largest range market in in the world which is japan over 50% of golf consumed in Japan is off course. There's something like 90 million rounds played a year. There's over 90 million rain sessions and then they have screen golf. So, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
2: it's interesting. It'll be interesting over the next 10 years to see how that plays out in the U S and and across Europe. But it certainly is, um, is bringing in more diverse and, and, and a new audience into our sport. And, um, you know, and I, and I think
1: that trend is going to continue. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that uh, in the last statistic, you know, the 45%. I know one of the other statistics they talked about uh, at NGF was uh, young females coming in. Uh, there was over, just last year alone, there was over 400,000 uh, that came into uh, the game. Um, and again, I don't have the breakdown, you know, as as you do, but uh, on specific what areas and, and so forth. But I think one of the things that I, I know that women really enjoy is the social aspect of whatever activity they're doing. They love the social connection and the social aspect, not saying that we don't as as men, but, you know, we can go out to a golf course. We can play golf and, you know, kibitz with our buddies and our mates and, and so forth. Um, but they like to have a little bit different um, approach to it than what we do. And I think what some uh, different scenarios, like, like a top golf and others, is allows them to kind of dip their toe in the water. They're on the sand right now. They're dipping their toe in the water. They're not quite ready to jump in the, the lake or the ocean, um, but they're testing the waters. And at the same time, they're there with their group of friends, their girlfriends, and they're having a good time. They're, they're having fun. So you're exactly right. Uh, I think by having that, and then again, you know, going to other areas like a range um, that has that technology available it gives them an opportunity to kind of get used to it. Again, dipping their toe in, in the water a little bit, and not necessarily jumping right in. And I think if the industry approaches it that way, instead of trying to force them out onto the golf course all the time, mm. I think they're going to see people are more apt to take a stronger interest um, and. You know, this is where I think the industry is a little bit confused: is how do we do that moving forward? How do we transition from okay, I'm I'm dunking my toe in, I'm kind of you know taking a look over here, to getting them, or do we, or is that maybe the wrong thing to do?
2: No, I think you know, again, it's it's the choice of the golfer. It should be the choice of the consumer rather than the choice of the person selling the consumer. And and I think if you open up more opportunities and more ways in which people can play. I think everybody wins. Somebody coming, you know, my wife, she, when we were in the U S she joined a, a group on a Tuesday. There was nine of them. They had a 30 minute lesson and a scramble in a cart with a gin and tonic. And they had a blast. They loved it. They, you know, by their own admission, not the greatest golfers in the world, but it was probably the highlight of, their, sort of the weekday where they can just go out and have fun. Now, as a result right. of that, one of, the, one of the girls, one of the girls has gone off now. She's joined a, a members club. She's getting better. That's her choice. Some people yep. have continued in that group, but it, it's not for the industry to decide. It's for the, you know, for the industry to give options for people to to explore and, and enjoy. And um, and because if you narrow it down, intimidation factor comes in, and, and you you turn people off. And if you you know, so you feel like you're back at school, if you're constantly being told what you can and you can't do, you'll end up not doing it Um, i'm going delinquent but you know what what we can do through technology is not only can we help people play on their terms but we can also connect people you know what's the think about what's thriving right now is it peloton is it facebook is it all of these sort of social community ways where you can start to build up these sort of social communities and physical communities to go and enjoy things together the way you want to go and do it and then you know, one of the ways in which we're trying to enable that is through through our technology, create some uh, global competitions. So you don't have to be together. Right. Um, you can mm-hmm. create your own groups, you can create leaderboards, just easy, easy games to play. Um, we've got our second one um, starting next week, um, which is uh, 15th to 23rd of May, you play Nine Shots in Kiwa Island. And if if you have a good score, you get to the top of the leaderboard. And if you have a bad score, you get to the bottom of the leaderboard. But at least you're around people who are at your level and you can start to compete. And um, you know, if my Peloton experience is anything to go by, I'm nowhere near the top, but I'm still trying to beat the person <laughs> who's near me on the leaderboard. Um, and I think that's that's really, really it. So I think, you know, just the plug there is if you go to topgolf.com uh, forward slash nine-shot challenge, you can you can read about it and be part of that community. And it's just another fun way which will take you five, ten minutes to play um, and connect with, with like people.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, uh, again, another great point because, uh, again, uh, time is, is, is of the essence for a lot of people, uh, even taking away the pandemic. Let's you know, forget for a moment that the pandemic didn't happen and we go back even just a few years ago. One of the biggest complaints I've heard uh, from a lot of younger um, individuals who maybe would typically be interested in golf, but as soon as they hear four to six hours and i got to go out in the golf course and it's going to cost me this much and I'm going to cost me that much, and it's like, forget about it. It's not worth it. I can just go up here and, you know, grab a basketball and shoot some hoops with my buddies or whatever the case is. They can do something else a little more affordable. So now through advancements, that top tracer, uh, and obviously the introduction of top golf to the, uh, the general population if you will has now said to people okay there's another option as you pointed out earlier there's something different here so again for those that maybe want to go out as you know as the uh, lady that uh, was with your your wife's group that decided to join a club and and take things a little further that's an option there if, if they so choose and have the time and the, and the resources to do it but there's something else for those that maybe just want to go out and do you know, a wine and nine or, or maybe just go out for, maybe they've only got an hour to get together. They can go somewhere that has that technology that can allow them to kind of be involved in the game, but it's not taking up the better part of their day. So is that what you see the future of the game going in, in that direction? And is that the direction it should Uh, be going
2: in? Yeah, I think again, you know, what do we stand for? We, we we wake up every day to try and inspire and engage people to come and, and play the game, play hit more golf balls more often. You know, the top, we, we sort of had a little huddle and what could top stand for? And We think it's time on property. Now to get people on property, you've got to give them something that, that works for them at that time. Now some people might have four hours, some people might have 40 minutes. So you provide ways in which they can do both. So you you get them coming back to property more often. And then through that, you also, you know, for, for us golf industry guys, golf isn't a, isn't a job. It's, it's, it's a love affair. And if you can get more people
0: right.
2: feeling that it's part of them and that you want to engage, then when they're on the couch or when they're at home, they're, they're going to be looking into the sport. They're going to be learning a bit more. Well, how can I get better? And if we can provide data and we can provide content that helps them do that, then that's going to get them back on property the next time. Um, more than they do now, if people say, "Well, this is a four six hour thing, they may still play, but they 're going to play three or four times a year. We want these guys to come and engage in our sport you know at least every week because then it 's part of mm-hmm. them, and you know and you 're sort of building up that movement, and we believe that you know top golf and top tracer is a movement it 's an unstoppable movement that allows people to come and engage with our sport more often.
1: Let me ask you about even the younger generation. I mentioned earlier, you know, um, you know with so many other sports are entrenched in the school systems here in the United States, as I'm sure they're over in the UK. Golf is not one of them. Certainly at maybe high school in some cases or even collegiate level is where most people, unless their family, you know, whether their parents or, or other family members have introduced them to golf, are not really introduced. Do you see an opportunity? through technology that you're working with right now of integrating golf into a school system as a way of introducing younger golfers to the game?
2: I mean, I think it's, it's, we were saying, no-brainer. Because, you know, you think about what else golf can teach, um, you know, the younger generation. And um, as we move into... digital world you know some people can come become very insecure and lose some of the sort of social skills that are very important that they'll that they they need in life and i think golf can teach a lot of that and you think about just a classroom Mm -hmm. of 20 25 kids you know you go down to your local driving range and you can have a lesson around golf there and and before when it was just about hitting balls it's difficult but through the games that we play Mm -hmm. you can do a number of things and you can you can uh, you know, teach a number of life skills and a number of academic skills mm-hmm. through playing golf on, on a driving range. You know, my my daughter is um, is growing up. She's 10 now, but we have a game called, called Go Fish, which, you know, you just turn the range into a virtual ocean and you whack it there and whatever you hit, you get a fish. Now, you know, you can learn <laughs> about the different types of fish. You can add them together. You can do all that sort of stuff. But I think You know, one thing, there's the perception around golf for young kids that we're trying to break that down, that it is fun and it is something you can enjoy. And through that, you can learn a lot of life skills as well. So I think it's a great, it's a a, a big thing that we as a society need to try and um, certainly a golfing society need to try and um, uh, encourage because I think we'll all benefit from it.
1: Well, you know, again, the reason why I ask that is, again, one of the issues that the school systems typically have is logistics. Not all of them are in a position. I mean, you know, the the teachers aren't in a position to haul, you know, 20, 25 or 30 kids, depending on the size of the class, to a local facility, uh, gain access, have the equipment and things like that. Whereas with some of the technology that you're able to utilize through, you know, a company like Top Tracer, they can actually bring that technology in the school for very uh, relatively inexpensive, so that the kids don't even have to even leave. They can have a, a you know a, a bay that they can uh, set up. So now they can again utilize those games through different uh, classes and and do different things for educational purposes. But now at least they're getting a taste of the game, uh, and then at some point as they you know move down the you know the the chain a little bit in their in their development. They may say, you know what? I think I want to go to the golf course, or I'd like to go to a range sometime. So yeah. they, they've kind of sparked that interest. And see, that's what the problem is right now here, at least in the U.S., is we don't have that at a very young level. It's either junior golf camps or schools, and those tend to be for the better players, the pay- players that have already been, or the kids that have already been mm-hmm. introduced to golf. There's not really anything for the masses. Do you see that as an opportunity? Again, not to take away from going to the range, I think that's great for for systems that maybe can do that, but there's a lot of them out there that don't, especially in the inner cities and that, that don't have that ability. That may be another way to bring golf into the school system at a very inexpensive way um, and give them access to, again, a a whole myriad of different things and using it for different purposes as well. Is that something that you could also see... um, becoming a possibility in the near future perhaps
2: i think certainly potentially in in the future yeah but i think you know right now with what we have i think there's there's an opportunity for for clubs and facilities to partner with some of these inner city schools and provide the opportunity to transport them out of there and to get them you know Mm -hmm. one of the great things about school is going on a school trip because it's an adventure and um and rather than maybe taking it to them where they're always going to be if there's an opportunity to take them 20 minutes and in a safe way there's a there's an excitement about just doing that and if that's attached to the nice right sport then you'll have a, a you know a very positive um perception of what of what we do and from a facilities perspective everybody is well, maybe not so much in pandemic days, but it will come again. Everybody is always looking for new members, and
0: it's a lot. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's probably a lot easier to to get mom and dad if if uh, if son or daughter um, are telling you we need to go and play golf.
1: Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think again, it goes to what you alluded to earlier, and that is, it's really a choice on on how they want to um, you know tackle golf. Um, from a consumer standpoint, it's what the consumer really wants. So obviously, you know, there's, again, give them multiple choices for, for those that are, you know, I'm like you, I mean, I, I, you know, growing up as a youngster, I always enjoyed, uh, you know, leaving the school for, you know, maybe an hour to a shop class or something of that nature. Uh, So it was always fun. It was, you know, the bus ride was great. And you, you acted up with your friends and whatever, until you got there and you did the work and then you came back. So, I think that's a great opportunity, and I think also for cases where maybe that isn't as uh, ideal or um, the ability isn't there, um, bring it into the school as well could be another option. Um, and I, I think th- the main thing, I guess, is we need to move the, this forward. We've been talking about things similar to this for, for decades in the Gulf. How do we you know, grow the game? How do we do all of these things? And that's one area that I think golf has really lapsed in, at least from what I've seen in in 20 or 30 years, is not, you know, they focus on the collegiate level and, like I said, even in some high schools, but it's very sparse in many cases. Um, Other than that, most uh, schools, at least here in the United States, have very little exposure to golf. And if it is, what they do have is, again, at a higher level, and it's not accessible to, you know, if you've got a school of 500 kids and maybe eight of them are on the golf team that's it so we need to find yeah. so how do we how do we move the ball forward what do we do as an industry what can we do as an industry um to take number one advantage of this sort of new surgence of, of interest in golf um thanks to the pandemic how do we move that ball forward and not lose this opportunity what do we need to do as an industry
2: well, I think let's learn from where we were because we were looking down at our navel thinking how we're going to grow this sport and who'd have thought that a you know, great pandemic was going to be the answer to our problems. Um, there were lots of great grow the game initiatives. There were a lot of engagement initiatives, but they were, they were you know, very targeted at a smaller group rather than looking at, at the right. bigger idea and the bigger audience. And so the first thing I think we've got to do is let's be curious and let's not just think that what we have today is going to serve us well for the next 20 years. Let's be curious and think about what is it? What's the problem that the the, the consumer, that the golfer is asking us to solve? And let's just try and find a way that through technology and through our great game, we can solve that problem. And and that problem will evolve and the answer to that problem will be different. But – you know i do believe that technology plays a huge part in the future of our game by by breaking down barriers by making the world smaller by allowing people you know to 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 sort of uh, cut it up in bite-sized chunks to enjoy it without um uh, being any having any detriment to you know the the traditional game the members clubs and and every you know and everything else so so I think um, it's a mindset. I think growth is a mindset rather than an initiative. And the mindset is who are we trying to attract? Um, knowing that that is a, a very diverse group who have diverse needs and making sure that we are not one size fits all, but we are um, right. we are listening and, and providing what they need. Uh,
1: I, I couldn't agree more. I know from the teaching side of, of golf, I know that's something and it hasn't always been easy. Um, But that's something that uh, as teacher professionals we've had to do here in in recent times over the last, you know, probably a decade or so, is unwrap that one-size-fits-all. I mean, teaching theories, you know, golf gurus, whatever you want to call them, uh, for a long time tried to put everybody in the same box. But as we understand the body and understand the differences in golfers, everybody is unique, everybody's different. And there are certainly, uh, you know, some uh, that the... um, Typically, you know, golfers want to be able to, as I said, get out there and have fun. And I think that if we do it in such a way in the teaching end, which we've done is to say, okay, you know what, you're going to swing a little bit differently than so-and-so over here. So I'm not going to try to do this over here. And there's certain fundamentals that obviously are true for everybody. Um, But whether you loop the club three times around your head and, you know, dance on one foot, as long as you're bringing the club face into impact the correct way, uh, you're going to hit the ball with with some success, so you know I think the same thing happens has to happen with the grow the game initiative as you said is we have to look at it from a standpoint as an industry, and, and you're right there was there were a lot of great uh, you know initiatives that have happened over the years. One of the things that I know uh, that I, what we want to be able to do is to um, is to, I'm trying to cla- – lost my thought here uh, – is to be able to say to them, okay, here's, here's what we need to do. We all need to sort of put our oars in the, in the water together and not have this group of, of professionals over here doing one thing, this group over here doing something as an industry because one of the problems is we do all these great little initiatives, but they don't seem to work collectively as, as a larger group. So that seems to be the roadblock that we've seen. So is it, do you think, time for some of the leaders like Top Tracer and some of the manufacturers out there to say, you know what, we need to put our, our efforts together as one you know, large group and let's move the ball in a direction that we know is going to be beneficial because we're all kind of going in a thousand different directions. And even though all of the things that we're doing are great, um, it, it's not a big enough – what do you think? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I think, you know, I think um – I think everybody wants the same thing. Everyone wants a healthy sport. Everyone wants more people coming in. I think, you know, if you go to, um, you know, commercial entities, there's always going to be a level of competition. So to get people on the same page um, all the time is is potentially challenging. And I think there are numerous governing bodies all who have sort of different nuances of opinion. But, you know, I I don't think that that the – that the answer lies in one big, big movement and one big thing, I think it's all day every day. And I think if we're constantly thinking about doing it, um, that means that we're always coming up and always coming across new ideas and new experiences. And as long as that's authentic to the people we want, I think that's where we are. I think maybe my criticism in the past is we tried to sort of uh solve the problem with with a number of too many sort of singular hail Marys rather than right. rather than something that we we obsess about and uh and and I think uh what you know the great thing that we can do with technology and the great thing we can do with uh, with you know our top trace of business is we can we can pivot quickly we can pivot to make mm-hmm. sure that we're relevant we stay relevant um and and people get what they want but you know what? What I've learned from my time here is: is the world moves much faster in the technology world than it does in in, in other industries. Um, and from right. that, one, you need to stay curious and stay ahead.
1: But you have the tools to be able to act and react. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Well, Ben, I want to thank you for joining me, um, evening in your case, afternoon in my case, uh, and and talking about. Um, Not only Top Tracer, but a lot of things in the industry um, from your perspective. And just a a quick side note, uh, for those of you that want to learn more about Top Tracer, you can go to toptracer.com. Lots of great information there. You get a little better idea of of what we've been talking about. I know it's not always easy in an audio setting, uh, but you can go there and get uh, some visual cues as to exactly what we're talking about. So go to toptracer.com. Dot com And just in the last uh, moment or two, if you've got time and, and if you so choose, I said I'd give you an opportunity if you wanted to share a bad joke with us. So um, the floor is yours if you choose.
2: Yeah, well, well Ted, I mean, I, you know, we're living in some very uh, interesting times, and I think it's hit hit um, many people uh, differently. And, and I think it's time just to spare a thought really for the pilots because I think, you know, the, the uh, mm. Air industry has um, has really suffered, and and uh, you know uh, um, British Airways had a tough time. We've been locked down and not had many flights, and I think many many pilots have had to find secondary work. And I've been doing a house renovation recently, and a, a decorator came who was a British Airways pilot, and you know he was working, but he was quite slow. Um, but I must say, he did an incredible job on the landing. <laughs>
1: very good very good um, well Ben thank you thank you very much for um, you know sharing your um, experience in the game I think you're um, hit every every point right on the head uh, I think it was spot-on as they say and uh, I, I think it's it's going to be exciting to see what happens and I hope you're right I hope that we you know use this this opportunity wisely and don't let it slip through our fingers as we have in the past and I think that uh, Top Tracer um, is, is certainly on the cutting edge of, of the future of the game. And, and I want to wish uh, uh, both you and, and obviously that organization much continued success. And I appreciate you uh, spending time today uh, with my audience.
2: Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you soon.
1: All right. Have a great uh, a great rest of your evening. And I hope you come back and join me sometime.
2: Okay. Bye now.
1: Bye-bye. All right, that was my very special guest. We ran a few minutes over time. My apologies, uh, Ben Sharp, president of Top Tracer and Top Trang- Tracer Range. Uh, again, you can go to toptracer.com to get more information. Uh, but very interesting uh, discussion. He shared a lot of great information uh, about the future game and and uh, currently what's what's going on in the game and and some of the growth that's happened over this last year, as, as I've talked about a little bit on the show as well uh, in recent months. So um it, it behooves if you will uh, for for a term to use uh in having this uh industry come together and finding ways that we can all work together and i've said that many many times uh both on and off air that we need to find a way that the industry really works together and moving in a direction and not just you know a, a sort of one thing here and one thing there and and that was what i was trying to say earlier and Um, obviously didn't do a great job in in getting that out, but that's essentially what I was getting at. But I appreciate my very special guest, Ben Sharp, uh, president of Top Tracer and Top Tracer Range. Thank you, Ben, uh, for coming on and joining me on the special Encore presentation of Golf uh, Talk Live. And uh, for those of you tuning in, my regular show will be uh, tomorrow. We'll have another great guest uh, tomorrow evening uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. Central uh, here on the blogtalkradio.com network. And uh, that'll be a full program, a full two-hour program, and that will be preceded with the uh, uh, Coach's Corner segment, which is a great panel discussion, followed by another uh, interesting guest. I hope you'll join me for that. So go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash live tomorrow evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Central. Uh, we'll be there live. But uh, in the meantime, if you want to uh, listen to today's show, if you're joining us a little bit later, you can go to that link, and you can just scroll down to the on-demand section. You can hear uh, some of the previous shows. And shortly here, once we wrap up, uh, in probably about 30 minutes or so, you'll see uh, this broadcast will be there as well, uh, right at the very top. So if you missed it, uh, you can go back and listen to it its entirety there in the auto-recorded version. All right. Um, Thanks, guys, and I will see you tomorrow night. God bless everybody, and thank you for joining me on the special encore presentation of Golf Talk Live.
0: Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this week's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Ted would like to thank this evening's special guest for joining him on the show. Remember to join Ted every Thursday from 6 to 8 p.m. Central on Golf Talk Live. You can also listen to Golf Talk Live on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. Be sure to follow Ted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, send an email to Ted at ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.